Hello and welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club number 25, Marianne and the Search for Tigger. I would like to say before we begin that should my mother ever listen to this uh, podcast, I'm terribly sorry. I meant and I'm Aoife, not an I'm Aoife. <laughs> Obviously, I always pronounce the letter D at the end of the word and. Always. Those years of speech and drama lessons you gave me were not wasted. Thanks, Mum. I'm pretty sure this whole podcast will stand as testimony to the fact that you do not always pronounce the word final D and and because nobody does that. That's not a thing. <laughs> no, I know nobody does that. However, I did speech and drama exams and one of the things that I learned to parrot uh, was what is good speech? Good speech is speech that is clear and easy to understand. Every sound in every word and at the end of every word must be spoken. Which is utter bollocks and it's not how actual speech works and it doesn't make it more comprehensible. Anyway. Yeah, now, and then you got a linguistics degree and you were like, yeah. uh. <laughs> Oh boy, did I. Every now and again, you, when you're in a particular rant, and I have noticed this since we've been doing the podcast especially, uh, <laughs> um, you'll be really angry about something and you start to enunciate really like emphatically <laughs> and your, your speech and drama side just comes out. <laughs> I reckon it's probably possibly. Yeah. Because I, that's, that's, that's how I was taught to be taken seriously, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like when you're really angry with someone on the internet and you start using bigger words, maybe <laughs> yes. it's just that, but in speech, really good punctuation. Yeah. It makes sense if you're going to be, you know, shouting on stage so that people can hear you. That's definitely a thing people do. I know about acting. You shout louder. Yes, absolutely. That's how you act more and more is better. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Aoife's mommy. <laughs> uh, okay. We pronounce things real good on here. Did any of you read Marianne the Search for Tigger before? Never. No. Never. No, we're just going to wrench this conversation back I'm on. Trying so hard to write this ship, you guys. <laughs> Sorry. We need to talk about phonetics, Esther. <laughs> we talk about phonetics a lot. We actually probably don't like. <laughs> we don't talk about phonetics as much as Eva would like to, or me, even. You know, in fairness, sorry. This is what happens when you set up shop with two linguists. You have to talk about phonetics way more than you want to. <laughs> okay, no, just I... ask our husbands. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, no, we. I did not read this book, or I have no recollection of reading it. I don't know how I escaped it because I like cats, and it seems like the kind of thing. Yeah. that I would have read, but so none of us actually read this. Okay. I mean, we read it, like... This week. This week. Yes. <laughs> but no, I never read it as a kid. I definitely read... I think I read the one before it, uh, or a couple mm -hmm. before it. I know I read the one after it. I know I read the one after But I never read this one. I, yeah, we all know we read the one after Yeah. <laughs> Bad <laughs> times. Why did we all skip to the tragedy, anyway? <laughs> We're all just really steeled for the tragedy which is coming. Uh, thanks to Anna Martin's excellent foreshadowing. I didn't read the next one because I was afraid of the tragedy. Ah. <laughs> Um, so I am, I'm going to be coming to this tragedy fresh. Oh, that'll be, that'll be fun for you. Although, yeah. so the previous tragic episode was actually a really good podcast. So. 
or a really enjoyable podcast because it was. We spent so much time ranting about everything other than the tragedy. That's true. It was, and we got TikTok content out of it. So, <laughs> yeah, yes. but the previous tragedy had like a hilarious funeral song. I just <laughs> don't recall that being a feature of the next one. We didn't recall it would be a feature of the previous one either. I feel like it would be. <laughs> kind of in poor taste if there was a hilarious funeral song at Mimi's funeral. <laughs> it was in poor taste at Louis's funeral too. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Louis would have understood. Mimi didn't have a theme song, okay? <laughs> a mysterious so, theme song. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so, yeah, this book is so low stakes by comparison. I don't, well, yeah. I mean, it, it feels pretty high stakes for, actually... I was quite stressed actually reading it. You can understand as you read it. Yeah, mm. it actually feels quite high stakes because it's, 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 I think it, this is actually pretty well written and um, mm. Marianne's POV is very good and yeah. you could really, like, feel the worry ramping mm-hmm. even as you've already spotted exactly where the fucking cat is. Aoife, do you want to give us a, a one-sentence summary of this book before we get into it? Marianne loses her kitten. She finds him again. There we go. <laughs> That is, yep, that is precisely what happens. That is the book. Um, Yeah, chapter one starts, as these have been doing lately, with um, our main character outlining the themes of the novel, uh, which is Karen correctly identified earlier today. The theme of the novel is sometimes stuff gets lost uh, because Marianne and Don are talking a lot about cat toys that get lost behind the fridge. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the themes of this novel are Marianne has a cat and sometimes things get lost. See if you can work out where this might be going. We also get another hilariously awkward um, main character zones out while thinking of the members, members of the babysitter club one by one. <laughs> She's literally like at the till buying more cat toys. Uh, and it just says, I stood in line at the counter thinking about the Babysitter's Club. And then there's like five paragraphs of who's in the club and stuff. Seamlessly woven into the narrative. Yeah. Seamless. I think, I think you could, your, your mind could drift off while you're in the queue. I think that's fair. It's not like she's mid-conversation as some of our other like babysitter entries have been or cycling which just sounds hazardous. Like yes. the worst thing that's going to happen is that the like the cashier is going to be like, uh, "Are you coming or what? Do you want to buy these cat toys?" Yes, but that would make Marianne die <laughs> of embarrassment, like immediately. Yeah, she she might be. I suppose yeah. There's there's two options for Marianne. She's either like she's going to die of embarrassment and cry, or she's going to cut a bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, we see that in this. It's great. Yes, yes. she gets very impressive in this. I mean. My mind does wander sometimes when I'm in the queue at the shops, mm-hmm. but I don't enumerate all of my friends and their life stories one by one when I'm in the queue at the shops. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my mind wanders, but if I'm thinking about something like, hmm, my friends, I, I, I'm I, definitely not that linear. I don't yeah. go through them in a list. Um, and if I do sort of stick to one topic rigorously, it's usually some super interesting daydream. And those are usually made up. And not, like, biographical details of a list of people I hang out with. Like, no offence to you as people I hang out with. I I don't ponder your biographies very often. You don't. That's fine. You're quite familiar with them. I'm a rubbish babysitter, obviously. Um, Do you not think about what I wear and what pets I have and what siblings I have? Honestly, honestly, it has been so long. I can't remember what anyone wears. (laughs) Hoodies. Jeans and hoodies. Pajamas. Pajamas. That's all anyone wears. Yep. 
You're wearing different pajamas. You don't have the same dressing gown or anything, Karen. I know it's it's got a bit warmer. You're wearing sophisticated pajamas today. They're black. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you noticed. Yeah, are you from New York or something? <laughs> and they say bonjour on them. That's something Stacy would wear. Yeah. <laughs> This was bought for me at Christmas and I would not normally buy something that just randomly has the French for good day on it. Um, But it's extremely soft. It's so soft that like, you know, my husband will come up and kind of pet at me and then he'll still be there and be like, would you go away and leave my top alone? (laughs) It's been like 20 seconds. It's getting awkward, even though we're married. Like, Yes, I'm wearing wearing a t-shirt work gave me for meditating every day for the month of October and by meditating every day for the month of October I mean I figured out how you could like retroactively tell the app that you had meditated every day for the month of October it's, it's, look I work for a large corporation they paid a like, year's subscription or like they gave us all a year's subscription to this app that's actually super expensive to subscribe to and then a free long sleeve t-shirt nice so, <laughs> which one did you use <laughs> fake the app data I I actually do sometimes use the app. It's a meditation app and I use the, um, I'm, the reason I actually faked it is because I actually used it every night. It was really good to fall asleep to. I used the falling asleep mm. meditations. The only problem is if you go do it after midnight, it counts it as the day before. Oh, right. It counts it as the day that you, you know, yeah. that it's tipped yeah. over the next day. So then you, if you do that on a Saturday night and it's rolled to Sunday morning, you don't get a meditation point for Saturday. So I had to, mm. you know fudge the data a bit <laughs> well i think you you learned something useful even if it wasn't what they intended for you to learn so. scammed my way into this t-shirt exactly <laughs> and that makes it all the sweeter i'm sure mm-hmm. i i installed a um a productivity app on my laptop years ago uh which is called leech block you probably some of you oh, have come yes, across it I before where, yeah it stops you using social media at specified times that you specify um and i quickly learned that if I, if I was like, yeah, but I really want to know what that Facebook notification was. Um, I would, I just started changing my clock on my laptop, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So I think um, I've I've established that this is not a useful app for me because <laughs> clearly my yeah. desire to use social media is greater than yeah. I'm just I'm just wasting more time. So I mean, the problem with all of those apps is that you can set the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can change the times. It don't work. There may have been like a, you can change it, but only for the next day kind of thing. But my clock didn't stop me changing the, day, the time. So yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Genius workaround. You need somebody else to have all the like administrative privileges. Yeah. Yeah, but then I'd be really mad at them for having it. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, no, I don't have the self-motivation to do this task. But yes, if you tell me to do this task, I'm going to be really pissy about it. Yeah, I've had very little oversight over anything I do for a very long time now because I have a job where um like I have general things I'm supposed to get done eventually but nobody is checking in on me day to day um I have to show up to certain things and then apart from that so I think I would be like if I suddenly had to switch to the kind of job where I have to be at my desk at a certain time and somebody's gonna be like where were you you're five minutes late I would probably stab someone in the first week I was gonna say I think I would cry instantly the first time someone said can you do this specific task today I'd be like why do you hate me Anyway, we should do yeah. this. We we are kind of doing it. Anyway, yeah, Marianne there is is in the queue of the pet shop uh, buying cat toys. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
thinking about all her friends one by one. Contemplating buying flea products off a shelf, which you should not do. I just want to get that out there. Um, <laughs> go to your vet if you need to treat your, your pet for fleas. Do not buy them. <laughs> you don't know what you're giving them. Yeah, she she doesn't even have fleas. She just kind of wants to buy flea medicine for the buzz. <laughs> my my favourite bit, the only bit I've highlighted of the whole thinking about my friends one by one is like, so the start of the Jessie section is mm-hmm. like, I might as well be straightforward, even though I hardly ever am. And say right out that Jesse's family is black. They moved to Stony Brook near the beginning of the school year. They're one of the few black families here. You see, the thing is, she could have just said, Jesse's family moved to Stony Brook near the beginning of the school year and they're one of the few black families here. Yeah. And then we would know that Jesse was black and you wouldn't have made this really weird big <laughs> song and dance about it. I know. Like, fuck? what a reveal. It also feels like the same exact way everybody has sprung on us that jesse yes. is black including jesse like we we always get at the very least uh by the way not that i think it's a big deal or anything but just you know i thought that i should just say it that jesse by the way is black but like that doesn't matter i don't see color like, <laughs> i don't see the world through that lens yeah, oh my god like and, and yeah every single book and no i never noticed it when i was 11 but oh my now god. it's like, hey guys, get a load of this. Especially since the whole narrative with Jessie remains. She moved here recently. It was tricky because her family was one of the very few black families here and some people weren't welcoming. That's a really easy way mm-hmm. to just slide it into the narrative so you can explicitly say that Jessie is black so that everyone doesn't just assume she's white as people do. Mm-hmm. As white people do. And um, yeah. Mm. But they don't do that. By contrast. Dawn looks as Californian as the health food she eats, which now means in my head she has become an anthropomorphic avocado. Yes. And that's just what she's going to be forever. She's as kind of grayish white as a block of tofu. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, she's just kind of oozing, you know. <laughs> kind of sticky, proteiny water. I know, just sort of, oh my God, I want to do like a tofu-based gelatinous cube monster for D&D. <laughs> call it Dawn. <laughs> call it Dawn? Yes. Yeah. So yes, she thinks one by one of all her friends and their life story, and then she pays for her bag of cat toys for her cat, who she loves so much. Mm-hmm. What would she do without her cat? Her beloved cat, Tigger. <laughs> also, she checks the mailbox because sometimes there are surprises in the mailbox, and you just never know what you're going to find in the mailbox. And those are our mm-hmm. themes of the novel. We did actually yeah. have a previous novel in which she was obsessed with the post for whatever reason. Because she was getting chain letters, which they mentioned in this. We get some continuity. That Yeah, it's good that they remember that. But like, why does all the nasty mail go to Marianne? Like, why is she attracting this? Sorry, not to be victim blaming, though. No. <laughs> because... Anna Martin is super into the notion of receiving creepy mail and being mm-hmm. creeped out by it and thinks it's a really fun narrative and she likes writing it and Marianne's or Mary Sue. Um, or at least author standard. Okay. Yes, I suppose so. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. She did also co-write an epistolary novel with another author at one point. So she's clearly real into the idea of letters. Wasn't it two? There was a... Yes. The, well, the second one was an email epistolary novel it was called Snail Mail, Mail No, no More. More. It's the only one I've read. My cousin had it and I was like, oh, it's by Anna Martin. Cute. And then I was like, oh, this is clearly a sequel to something, but I have read the first one. Well, there is a Babysitter's epistolary novel. The Babysitter's Chain Letter is... Uh, oh, yes. But, but technically, all the Babysitter's books are epistolary novels. Sorry to, yeah, um, no, no, they be are. that guy. But they, yeah, because they're all, in theory, knitted together out of these 
diary entries journal and entries. journals and yeah he's um, very implausible journal entries <laughs> yes <laughs> nobody would actually ever write um so we have our themes. Yes. Chapter two is completely unremarkable, except for the fact that Marianne refers to Claudia's room as a rat hole, which is a fucking escalation. <laughs> Everyone else has just been like, oh, it's enjoyably messy. Ha ha. It's full of candy. Like, rat yeah. hole is fucking aggressive. <laughs> yeah, that implies that it's not just like cluttered, but actually filthy. Filthy and may have the plague. Yeah. <laughs> not cool, Marianne. Real judgy there. Real judgy. Yeah. I notice um, Marianne's Marianne is noticeably lukewarm about Shannon. Uh, yes. whenever it's, this has come up a couple of times in the book. Um, I wonder if this is partly like, uh, yeah, Christy is jealous of Marianne having this new friend, Dawn, but Marianne maybe is also a little bit jealous of Christy making new friends in her neighborhood as well. Or possibly she's recognized that Shannon is trash, which we have also established possible. in previous episodes of this podcast. Yes, she describes Stacey as a a member who's not a close friend and mm-hmm. oh, sorry Stacy is a close friend who's no longer a member and Shannon is a member who's not a close friend yeah and then she's like we're not going to talk about Shannon yep you know oh yeah she's an associate member that's it's fine whatever now let me talk to you in detail about my boyfriend uh, but <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's understandable I think <laughs> well yeah oh yeah Logan poor Logan is not allowed in the house without Marianne's dad there I love that actually is so delightfully teenage and awkward it's so awkward they have to sit out on the porch and um i mean what the hell are they gonna do if they go in the house like hold hands or something i um well i think we 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 already know that like marianne's dad has an active imagination about all the things that might she might be doing i suspect that he he's like marianne has no real wish to do any of the stuff that he is like thinking she might fall into you know like no sin um basically that um but uh it i mean there are quite a lot of things people could do like unsupervised no there are quite a lot of things that people could do but i don't think there's many things that marianne is gonna do you know it's it's he would probably write off as i don't know anything about that boy but i know what boys are like marianne you know (laughs) good point (laughs) he's he's probably having impure thoughts right now stop thinking about what those thoughts might be stop it stop it um so that's probably the the whole thing and marianne knows this as well because i highlighted the incredibly funny line that she yes (laughs) At the end of the book. We can get there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love that line as well. <laughs> yes. Is, she, is this in the bit where she's talking about Logan and how great Logan is? Yes. Um, Logan is amazing. Which is also some interesting foreshadowing because they, they actually have a row in this book. Yes. Logan's kind of a pain yeah. in the ass in this. Mm-hmm. He is. But he also has his reasons for being kind of a pain in the ass in this. Mm. And acknowledges that he should not have been taking this out on Marianne. Yeah, it's quite. It's some quite good uh, relationship stuff. Yes, I'm real mature. I mean, most thirteen-year-olds would just break up, like scream <laughs> at each other a bit and break up. That is very true. Something else that I noticed about this chapter, um, or I noticed while reading this chapter, is that I had no idea as a kid um, that it was a absolute trope that they all hate writing in the notebook. <laughs> um, because I skipped that chapter after the first three or four Babysitter Club books I read, I was like, ah, here, I'm not reading this anymore. So I think I missed a lot of the good outfits. Um, but definitely the giving out about the notebook thing went over my head and I'm like, wow, gosh, they talk about that a lot. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. I mean, I always read those chapters. I didn't think I was allowed to skip anything in a book. Oh no. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Right. 
But I... Uh, the library gods would come get you if you... I obviously skimmed badly because I had no memory of them hating it either. <laughs> I did skip the Browns of England section in Tom Brown's school days. <laughs> I have not read it. No, me neither. It's a... Uh... Is it the begats or... Um... I suppose, like that bit of the Silmarillion. No, it's this extended rant about how the real backbone of England and the Empire and Victoria and everything that is good in this world is sort of the English countryside gentry, but not the nobility. They're all too spoiled. Mm-hmm. But that's basically it. That's, that's, a, that's who built the Empire and we should all be grateful and happy and aspire to be like them. <laughs> That's it. That's the message. I can't imagine why you'd skip that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't like terribly offended by those kind of messages. I read a lot of Victorian kid lit and I was just like, lol, Victorians <laughs> were wrong about a lot of things. It's no, funny. I mean, it just sounds boring. <laughs> it was dull as fuck. Yeah. I read it when I was older and I was like, yeah, I think I'll skip it next time too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Marianne and Logan are hanging out, playing with Tigger, playing with the neighborhood kids. Neighborhood kids are playing with Tigger. Logan is like, zoning out and staring into the distance and being cranky and snippy and, and snippy. emotionally unavailable i think yes yeah. is, is what's happening yeah. here distant yeah um so she'll joke with him and he'll give like snap at her yeah yeah or like clearly not be really paying attention mm-hmm. yeah just he's very preoccupied with other things so when I, w- I was reading this having not read it as a kid not knowing what was going on with logan i was reading it and going mm-hmm. he's not being a He's not deliberately being a dick to Marianne to be mean to her. He's really stressed about something. He's preoccupied mm. with something else and he's very stressed about it and being snappish. And lo and behold, that's exactly what's happening. But yeah, that was, and it was written pretty clearly. That's what's going on. I probably, if I was 12, I might have like thought he was being awful, but you know. Part of, I think, how I interpreted this was that, so they're, <laughs> they're required by statute to sit out the front. And because it's Stony Brook, just all these small children converge on the yard. <laughs> yes. He um, does not seem happy about it. No. And they start up with, yeah, so like Logan also likes kids, but I think this is meant to be some approximation of a date. And I was like, oh, he's just like, yeah. are we Are we now babysitting for free? <laughs> but he's not, he's also not trying to, he's not really making any effort to hang out with her in a way that seems meaningful either. Like, cause yeah. you yeah. know, she's trying to talk to him and he's not engaging yeah. Um, she also is quite oblivious to the fact that he has stuff going on as well. So it's not like there's, you know, he he should probably reach out and be like, hey, I, I've got a problem. Can't, you know, he yeah. doesn't even have to tell her what it is, but he could be like, sorry, I, I might, I'm not really here for like... Things are tough. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really present at the moment because I'm thinking about something else. Sorry, I'm stressed out. Yes. At no point does she think that there might be anything going on inside his head that she's not privy to. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't occur to her at all. She's And she's very absorbed in the cat. Um, <laughs> yes. Which, on the one hand, uh, he's kind of like, oh, you said that already. Uh, which is a little bit of, you know, jerkish. But on the other hand, she's really going on about the cat. And I say that as a cat person. She's <laughs> fucking obsessed with Tigger. Like, she really is. Yeah. It actually was annoying me. And I was just like, like if I was Logan, I would dump her for this. Just <laughs> not cool with it. Yeah. I get people being fond of their pets. I, I like. I set up an Instagram for my rabbit. That's because he was photogenic. Um, <laughs> you know. I, yeah. Oh my god, she would have multiple social media accounts for Tigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So would. 
she would be trying to get like lucrative spawn con deals with cat litter companies or something. No, she wouldn't, but Christy would be egging her on to do that. <laughs> yes. Christy would set them up without her consent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, Christy Look. probably knows all of Marianne's passwords anyway. Good point. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Headcanon accepted. Yep. <laughs> So, so yes, they're sitting outside awkwardly uh, drinking soda and infinite children are coming to hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, Logan is getting crabbier and crabbier. Marianne is like, ah, fuck it anyway. Um, and she's thinking about how she's very protective, just like her dad is very protective of her. So I guess Tigger is not allowed to go indoors with other cats or <laughs> something. Has Tigger been neutered? That's a good question. That is an excellent question. That is, There's some dodgy pet owners in these books. I have thoughts about the Mancusis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we get some more Fadoid. Fadowing? Foreshadowing. We got some more foreshadowing where Charlotte Johansson is playing hide and seek and says, I can't see you, Tigger. Come back to me. Come back. And like, they're really laying on the themes of the novel pretty thick here at this point. At this point, because of the lengthy fridge conversation at the start, I assumed Tigger had got stuck behind the fridge. That would make sense. I was slowly starving to death. (laughs) Jesus, fuck. Uh, Well, I thought this was going to be one of the ones where... um, like, he got in behind the fridge and there's a gap uh, and he's under the house, you know? And, oh, okay, you know, cool. maybe he's he's roaming around there. Because she says she can hear him meowing multiple times. Um, so the, the night that he gets lost, uh, she's lying awake trying to sleep. She can't sleep and she keeps thinking that she hears him meowing. And I was like, that's either she's just thinking about him a lot um, and her dream brain is providing cat noises, which is what they do, or she's actually hearing it. Um but in, in this case, yeah, no, so that turned out to be bullshit because I, <laughs> I really assumed it was something like that. Yeah, no, she's just imagining him. I used to read this um, this online advice column by somebody called Dear Sugar. Uh, God, I can't remember where it was. Um, and generally really good, really kind of nicely written and stuff. Uh, you would definitely, you get a very literary response to whatever your query was. But she wrote one at one point, which was like, it was in the form of somebody was like, oh, I, basically, I don't know what I should do in this situation. I, do I need to reach out or something? And the person was, um, her response was like, so there was a time when I was living in this old brownstone apartment in New York um, with my partner. And uh, it this endless kind of New Yorker style <laughs> piece on like how I was, uh, you know, they were out and they came home and they could hear this noise. They could hear the scratching in the wall and they were hearing it for days and days. And um, eventually they couldn't stand it anymore. They came home from the opera and it was still going and they tore a hole in the wall and they found these two emaciated kittens in there um, that had somehow got inside the wall. And uh, she said, and the kittens looked at me and I looked at the kittens and they, um, they crawled out and into my hands. And then it was like, basically, be like the kittens, make yourself vulnerable, go out there and do the thing. Sometimes you have to trust people. And I was like, wow. And the first, like, I, I read the comments, right? Be like kittens, hide in a wall and starve. Yes. <laughs> Why were the kittens in the wall? Where was the parent? Ca- anyway, I know these things happen, but anyway. Yeah, I, the first 70 comments were all like, oh, sugar, you're so inspirational. Like, I just, I love your writing. And the 71st comment was like, that's great and all, but what the fuck happened to the kittens? You're not allowed to leave it there. And the, she was like, oh no, they were fine. Yeah, they, they survived and thrived. It was grand, you know? It's like, how could you write this and not tell us what happened to the kittens, you monster? 
Like, yeah. Also, that's a that is a really long piece of like <laughs> palaver to to just be like. Jesus, if you want to do that, start a recipe blog. Yes. I was going to say, was that the day you stopped reading Dear Sugar? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I stopped reading Dear Sugar after that. Captain Awkward but would be like, you know, no, use your words. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. might have been long, but it wouldn't have involved. Like... Use a thousand words about kittens. <laughs> <laughs> this post was not nominated for the Booker Prize. <laughs> Captain Awkward might have been like, use less words. Yes. <laughs> For the first time ever, Captain Awkward <laughs> thinks the fewer words. Here's your words. A select go. few. On anyway, topic. I know that was a digression, but um <laughs> yes, I we think are we talking about kittens. Like to go on the record, uh presumably uh, that this this podcast is a, is is a pro Captain Awkward. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean she may get it spectacularly wrong sometimes, but mostly she's fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone is fallible, but everyone you know, that, yes. Generally yeah. speaking. <laughs> sensible advice in an entertaining manner and she sounds like the sort of person I'll be friends with. She's a fan of common sense and she wouldn't go on a thousand word digression about kittens so she's no. got that going for her. But she <laughs> does share actual cat pictures which is nice. Hmm. We always we like we like cat pictures. I, I may sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> no I'm not going to sneeze. You're allergic to discussion of cat pictures I understand. <laughs> but not cats. Speaking yeah. of allergies this is going to be relevant to the book. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yes. So, yeah, Marion goes off to meeting and leaves Tigger playing in the yard. When she comes back, he's not there. So she's kind of worried. And her dad is like, relax, it's only been a couple of hours. I think her dad's response to the whole thing is pretty proportional. Yeah. Because yeah, like, at first so. he's quite reassuring and he's like, look, cats, cats do that. And when yeah. she starts to get worried, he's he takes her seriously as well. He's Yeah. He's like, okay, let's not panic yet. And then the next morning he's like, okay, yeah, you know, there's, yeah. Now, 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 we we should now be concerned to take some actions as mm-hmm. opposed to like, yeah, mm-hmm. dismissing her or anything. No, I, I actually thought that this is like Richard Spear and really good doing some really good parenting in this book. I, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's like calm and reassuring, but not belittling. And yeah, he's mm-hmm. we have no complaints with Richard Spear this time. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he goes missing and he's not back in the morning, and she's stressed out. Uh, she then goes around to Logan Bruno's house where she is babysitting his siblings, mm-hmm. um, who are Carrie, his little sister, and Hunter, his brother, who has allergies. Um, mm. There's much sneezing to be had. <laughs> Just to um, clarify, it is uh, they do make it clear that Logan would normally be the babysitter and he has specific reasons for not being the babysitter today which is why they have hired Marianne instead yes um, and this is actually the first time she's babysat them I think mm-hmm. yeah he had to go to baseball practice or something yes mm-hmm. yeah and his siblings actually comment that he's been quite cranky with them as well mm-hmm. she must be reassuring for Marianne <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, so yes they go up uh Hunter is allergic to everything um, his room is a sad, sad allergy friendly zone with like no soft furnishings whatsoever, which is yeah. very depressing. That must yeah. have been bad. Like, yeah, I've never known anyone that allergic. Um, I know people are, but yes, it's, uh, it's very, um... like I was friends with someone who, um, her room couldn't have carpet in because mm. it would have had to be hoovered so damn often Yeah, to try and keep the dust away. But like that, that, that was it. Like. You know, mm. there was normal room stuff in there. Yeah. Esther is my most allergic friend. Do you feel special? Um, 
as we've established, I go to her for advice on allergies. <laughs> yes, I have two forms of life advice that I ever give any friend with any problem. One is go to therapy and the other one is take an antihistamine. Those are <laughs> my only pieces of advice. Both of them are generally good advice. Like <laughs> Solid. I mean, they're... They'll rarely make things worse in any given situation. So. <laughs> you know what? I've taken the first. It did not make things worse. I'm very glad I did it. I've been really... No, I don't think I'm allergic to anything, but I might just take an antihistamine and see if it does anything for this congestion. Just see where it takes you. Because you know what? It won't take. Won't make it worse. It won't do any harm to try it once. Exactly. And if I take one of the drowsy ones, I can have a really good sleep. It's the Esther <laughs> method. <laughs> Therapy and antihistamines for everyone. <laughs> that's amazing I mean I developed hay fever in the last year and 2020 was not the year to develop hay fever <laughs> no, I have really to say uh, so this is why I was on to Esther a lot asking um, do you think I have COVID basically and like no <laughs> is there a lot of pollen today or do I have COVID <laughs> I don't think I have allergies really because I think I'm just really prone to getting a runny nose because I don't have like itchy eyes or anything like that but um, there is a lot of pollen at the moment uh, oh that's good to know Esther <laughs> I've been trying not to bother you with it yeah you don't always get the itchy eyes with it definitely take an antihistamine yeah see what happens yeah I did get allergic to something once. It was cinnamon flavored toothpaste. My lips swelled up. Ooh. Oh, like to an extent that I couldn't go to work because they 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 hurt and they looked like I'd had like a really really bad plastic surgery job. Oh, no, I like my my housemate laughed. Ooh, cheap <laughs> um, Botox. A lot, yeah. Life hack. <laughs> Rub allergens on your face. People do much worse in terms of beauty. They, they like, do. That's true. And uh, I rang the GP and was like, "This is what's happening." They're like, "Um." And are you noticing your throat closing up? And I'm like, I would be ringing an ambulance if I was noticing my throat closing up. But thank you for your concern, GP receptionist. Um, yeah, that's fine. I, I think sometimes you can underestimate the severity of what's happening to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Oh, I do that. But this wasn't severe. I, my a friend of mine who's big into sailing, uh, he was he was telling me shortly after this incident happened that they were they're out on the boat and a. Uh, a friend of his had had his, who was sailing with him, had his hand over, the, on, sitting on the side and it had brushed up, the boat had brushed up against something else. The finger had got trapped and he he had been too full of adrenaline to notice what had happened. So it was only when he got off the boat and took off his glove and his finger came with it, pretty much, um, uh, that they're like, okay, right. Uh, so they... Um, they, they called Namens and they also called his mother and his mother arrived first and she apparently took a look at his hand and was like... What have you done to yourself? <laughs> That's amazing. I think that might be a mammy calming everything down technique. Though. I mean, possibly that as well. And I was like, what? And Danny was like, she's a nurse. I went, oh, <laughs> oh okay. So they're like, okay, she knows that, that they're so just going to sew that back on. And it's like, That's fine. Like, <laughs> to be honest, I would, in that situation, find someone saying, what have you done to yourself? Enormously reassuring. Yes. yes. Like, yeah. why must you inconvenience me yeah. with these petty things? Like, there's a situation here and now Muggins here has to get it sorted out. Like, that's but You can exactly also say that in a very fond way, yeah. you know, and it's like, so you know, they're not actually inconvenienced. Like, yeah. yeah. What have you done to yourself? You're not in trouble, but like, you've been a bit silly, haven't you? It's the words of someone who's going to sort it all out. Yes. And yeah, now they have to sort it all out, but they're going to do it and they're not going to mind that much. Yeah. No, that's top quality. And just just to prevent there being a kittens type of 
uh, I, I, as far as I know, this finger was sewed back on and it was all fine. <laughs> like, Good to know. I'll check with Danny if his friend's finger ever got sewn back on. He'll be like, what are you talking about? This was 10 years ago. <laughs> it's for a podcast. You, you should, I mean, he probably would remember. It's important. I, I don't do what my dad did. The time I came downstairs, um, one night when I was about four or five going, mommy, daddy, my ear hurts. And my dad looked at me and he went, Ali, the child has mumps. <laughs> I will never forget the drama with which he said that line. <laughs> and I remember just there thinking, I'm pretty sure that's not serious. But he said it's very serious. <laughs> Four-year-old you knew it wasn't serious. Yeah, I saw, I've read to his medicine from nurses. I'm pretty sure this is just a common childhood illness. But like, he sounds alarmed. <laughs> I think this calls for Calpol mostly, but let's see. <laughs> oh my god. The cat hasn't even got lost yet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, it has. The cat is lost. The cat is yes, lost. The cat is lost. We're, we're in Logan's house. Logan's grumpy. He's gone to play baseball. Uh, Hunter's sneezing a lot. Yes, we're mm-hmm. in Hunter's sad, allergy-friendly room, but he's still super congested. He's having a couple of really bad weeks, actually. Yes. Like they're, mm. they're like, yeah, he's really... Or, uh, I suppose, days at this point. But yeah, like, days. Really bad days. Um, so... Yes, he's, tell- he's telling Marianne all the things he's allergic to, mm-hmm. uh, which is like all the animals, not people, he helpfully says. And apparently also, what is it? Wheat and milk and strawberries and seafood. And Marianne is like, <laughs> sheesh, which that's that's a bit judgy. It's not his fault. I'm sure he'd love to not be allergic to these things. I think it's more of a sheesh. That's a lot of stuff to be allergic mm-hmm. to rather than a sheesh. You must cause a lot of problems with your allergies <laughs> I yeah. hope so I, I I think it may be a slightly awkward use of the word sheesh <laughs> Possibly, yeah, yes. yeah. like poor hunter would have been much less ambiguous even yikes so. would have been you could have expressed yeah. your yes. like astonishment without being all like oh <laughs> yeah, also I do like that we get a shout out to one of my favourite childhood board games uh, Cootie mm-hmm which I have never heard mentioned anywhere else aside from this. I noticed that. I was like, what the hell is that? What the fuck is that? Yeah, no, me too. You Basically, you would like roll to collect body parts for a bug and you would compete to be the first person to build your bug. So you had like, you'd start with a bug body and there were like eyes and legs and antennae and facial features and stuff. And you'd like- That's so cool. Slot them onto the bug and they were just really satisfying to click into place. You know, when a toy is just really like nice to- assemble yeah it was like that i really enjoyed playing cootie and like that's amazing yeah i'm i'm here for cootie representation in this book <laughs> but i've never yeah i've never ever seen anyone mention it ever except for this book i've never heard of it before yeah i guess it, it must have been fairly obscure it was it, my my grandparents brought it over from america so it was like ah, it was yeah. exotic american I was board say, games. is it an american one yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. googling with trepidation <laughs> <laughs> uh, i am getting bugs <laughs> actual, actual actual bugs even uh, when you're at cootie board game uh oh wikipedia knows about the game of cootie uh oh, that's that's cute wow that's so 20th century looking <laughs> oh it's from 1949 huh okay sorry yes uh now i have to google we're all googling cootie it now. Zoom. this is totally. helpful it's relevant oh we'll tweet some cootie pictures <laughs> that looks cute Had fun that. We have to have at least one Google break. Yeah, it's true. We it's traditional. So, um, Marianne goes back home, and Tigger is still not home. So she's freaking out, 
and Christy decides to take charge of the situation in a wildly on-brand moment. <laughs> yes, but Mariana's just said, I'm not always great in an emergency, but right now I knew what to do. <laughs> I called Christy Thomas. This is exactly what Marianne wants Christy to do right now. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'd want Christy to take charge in a situation like this. Because, mm-hmm. like, Christy gets shit done. Yeah, and her ideas are pretty sound. Yeah. Um. So they have mm-hmm. searched the area as well as they can. Well, I will point out that the first idea she has is, quote, that there's only one thing to do. I'm calling an emergency meeting of the babysitters well, club. What she needs is um is hands on deck. She needs labor force, and that's yeah. what she she gets. <laughs> and they all absolutely volunteer for it. Um, and they throw their money into the pot as well, which is very like, I it's know, so wholesome. So good. Yes, they raise thirty dollars for a reward, which is very like sweet. <laughs> uh, it's so well meaning. It's actually really interesting. Um, sort of discussion in this book on the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, throwing your money behind a cause and how you should first check that you're not incentivizing people to cheat you, um, which is a, a really cynical message that I don't know is necessarily going to get through to everybody. But yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's really interesting. Yeah. So like she um the the girls yes. immediately go okay well we're going to put up posters um and we can offer a reward and they all just turn out their pockets and go okay well if we add it all up together we can make about thirty dollars how about that or no they they come up with like twenty five dollars and Christy volunteers another five from the treasury um yeah which is like yes. wow you're putting the pooled resources in as well as everybody's own volunteered money which is oh it's yeah, Dawn it's so who does that actually like, oh it's Dawn is yeah. it okay because she's course, the treasurer. Sorry, um, so yeah, so they have a thirty dollar reward, um, uh, and like, yeah, it's 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 so nice of them all to do this. Um, and then we see other people attempting to exploit their goodwill <laughs> immediately. Yes, yes. It's like wow, okay, interesting. There are two kinds of people. Yes, but yeah, like Claudia designs a poster, and Christie's mom drives all the way to Stanford to photocopy the posters, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause she's like, well, it's important. It's an emergency. <laughs> I think I would have said yes to Christy as well. Well, I know you would have, but not all parents would have. Uh, uh, no, I mean like I, I really would just have done it to like not have Christy on my case. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like this is an instruction that I will just follow. Um, that's fair. Yes. She's feeling a bit better and they're all like, yeah, doing making some plans and she calls Logan to tell him and Logan is like not that interested and watching video recordings of his baseball practice. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Dude, that's too bad. <laughs> and she's like, You're a monster. We're going <laughs> yes. to be She's she files that away for later, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she calls Christy, who is suitably empathetic about it. So that's important. Yeah. I think this was where I was like, ah, oh, this is definitely what's bothering Logan. Because she's like, mm. Logan, he's been missing for 24 hours. Oh, I'm really sorry. Oh, darn, now I see. And he's like, yeah, um, what went on in practice? We're watching tapes of our practice sessions or whatever, or in our, of our games. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> could could you pause it, Logan? Do you have that technology? I, I have a situation going on and I know it doesn't seem important to you, but like... Uh, yeah clearly he has that technology yeah he's got a vcr yeah fancy so yes then mayor uh jesse has a chapter babysitting her siblings Mm -hmm. which leads marianne to wistfully say how she wishes she had siblings or her cat back (laughs) um which is a weird digression in a chapter from someone else's pov (laughs) like (laughs) 
Jessie's experience makes me miss my cat. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> um, then Jessie and the kids are talking about the fact that Tigger is missing and that at least uh, their hamster is safe because they keep him in a cage. And then they talk about how the Mancusis have two pregnant cats now. So at mm-hmm. least if they don't find Tigger, she can get a kitten from them. And I'm pretty sure the Mancusis should just not be allowed to have pets at this point. Yeah. I'm wondering um, when the kind of spaying and neutering uh, sort of programs became generally very common. Is it something that you were encouraged to do with your pets in the 80s? At what point did it become um, kind of a... It's. I mean, standard. it's still not standard. There's still loads of people who yeah. are like, oh, you think I should get my pets paid? Like, yeah, you fucking idiot. Like, you should do that. Um, it is... It, it is... It now is supposed to be one of the things that you do along with microchipping your pet um, so that, like, you can find them again. And yeah. they don't just make thousands more pets. <laughs> yeah, they have so many pets. Mm-hmm. And, like, they they know where baby pets come from. Like, just out of sheer, like, not wanting to have 17 million cats. <laughs> like, they really mm-hmm. need to get on this situation. Yeah. You can rehome kittens. Like, you can find homes for them, but eventually you're going to run out in a town the size of Stony Brook. Everybody will have a cat who wants one. Yeah. They already had to give out hamsters to, like, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Irresponsible. Yes. I don't know. I don't know at what point it becomes standard. Um, and I don't want to think about what happened prior to that. So, yeah. Let's just move on. <laughs> okay. All right. We side out the Mancusis. Um, Jessie's siblings are adorable. Uh, mm-hmm. Her baby brother Squirt likes to do fake sneezing, which I guess fits with the themes of the novel. <laughs> yeah. There's babysitting, basically. Babysitting happens. A babysitting chapter. Unremarkable. He has learned to cheer for himself while walking around because other people cheer for him while walking. So That's um, pretty cute. Like, also, like, oh, what life skills? Like, <laughs> he's already moved to the point where he doesn't need other people's approval because he has self-love. And I'm like, Squirt, you just... Yes! You're so far ahead of the game. You know? <laughs> Some people will take decades of therapy and antihistamines to get to where you already are. <laughs> That's a good plug for the Esther program. <laughs> Peyton Pending. <laughs> So uh, yeah. So the next day they get together and they aggressively post to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy is like, the idea is to paper the neighborhood. By tonight, there shouldn't be a single person in this area who doesn't know that Tigger is missing. Um, they put posters on the front and back of every phone pole, which is hilariously over the top. And I like, think that's yep. They must have a lot of posters. Um. Does the book actually yeah. say aggressively paper the neighborhood? Because I feel like that actual term was used. I'm not sure you're exaggerating. She says paper I, the neighborhood yeah. multiple times. <laughs> aggressively is me editorializing, but... <laughs> it's a good description. Aggressive is just how it went down, basically. But no, I don't <laughs> yes. think the word is used, but it's apt. Paper the okay. neighborhood she definitely uses repeatedly. And so they do. Yes. Um, and they... She jokes about Mallory, um, like winning the papering Olympics or something, because she's like setting speed records for running down the street, putting papers in in boxes. Um, yeah. So, and then they get interrupted by uh, a child who I shall heretofore refer to as asshole kid. I hope that's okay with you guys. Sure. I, yeah. Did we even ever find his name? He's just a no, there is, there is no name yeah. for this kid. He is not given a name. He has definitely never been babysat for. 
uh, uh, he's just an asshole. Yeah. And is about 10 years old. Yeah. Which is already confirmed in his assholeness. Uh, so yeah, he approaches Marianne and is all like, oh, hey, I definitely saw a cat like the one that you're describing squinting at the poster. Uh, and he answered to Tigger. And she's like, what? How did you know? He's like, um, it was on his collar. She's like, yeah, nice try, asshole. Except she doesn't say asshole. Um, although there's a point in the novel later on where she almost does. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. I love that. Uh, so, yeah. But yes, Tigger doesn't have a collar. So uh, she rumbles this asshole kid who she was absolutely believing up to now, even though he was visibly like reading the poster. Um, I think that's good. It was like she has done that classic detecting thing of like keeping some of the information back yes. so that she can in- she can mm-hmm. assess I, no. I don't think that was on purpose <laughs> well she did it anyway um, I also one of my one of my favourite things from the whole like plastering thing is um, Richard Spear saying you know I'm going to the grocery store do you want me to take along some posters yeah. you know we can you know I can, I can ask some stores to put it up and Mary Ann just being like this was my father. He hates doing things like that, asking for favors and stuff. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, he's like, no, I actually, he strikes me as sort of the sort of person who would be like, well, it's your cat. I don't want a cat. You have to take responsibility mm-hmm. for him. And then if you sneaked in, he'd be there giving a baby talk, like loving the kitten so much. Yeah, yeah. Now he would die for this cat. Yeah, no, that's that is super sweet. Yeah, I hate doing that as well. Like going into a shop and being like, "Can I put this up in your window?" is is one of the most daunting things <laughs> that you can do. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever done it, but I think I'd be really cool about it. Like, I don't think it would bother me at all. Yeah, I should get you to do it next time. And I think sometimes it's like, um, you know, it's if you're doing it for somebody else. Yeah, it's easier when it's for someone else. Um, can I give some actual advice on lost cats? It yeah. just it seems like it's a thing sure. that will be Please. relevant here. Um, yeah, so, because I used to do a bit of, like, cat rescue and stuff. Um, and we have had cats for many years, and occasionally they do go missing. Um, so, yeah, basically they're they're doing most of the things that you should do here. But um, uh, one thing to bear in mind is that um, cats get disoriented very easily. Um, mm. And there's a good chance, if your cat has gone missing, that it may not have gone very far. And at times they can just be lost in your backyard or in your local area. Um, so yeah, I know they get like, um, they get turned around and they're not sure where they're supposed to go and that kind of thing. So like check all the bushes, like actually rummage in all the bushes in the, in the local vicinity, um, before you assume that they've gone far, um, like you don't have to go to like do that first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing that you can do, uh, again in a similar situation is put your cat's litter tray outside if you have a litter tray, um, which like most people do because the smell is something that they can use to then um, reorient themselves uh, with. Yeah, but the oh. the flyers and things is also very useful. And I just remembered that um, our my parents' cat who is now twenty <laughs> and is unbelievably still kind of hanging in there. Um, yeah, we got him at the millennium. <laughs> oh wow! Um, so. Yeah, he um, he went missing when he was a very young cat, just before he was due to be neutered. Uh, he went straying Oof. and uh, my mom and my sister, again, combed the whole neighbourhood with flyers and put them up everywhere. Um, but their poster specifically said, please check your shed in case he's got locked in. And after those went up, 
he came home he had been missing for three or four days and he trotted in looking very sad and hungry <laughs> um so they think he actually had wandered into, into somebody's shed yeah so that's the kind of thing that can happen if they shelter somewhere and then yeah. get locked in um so yes these are uh things that are well worth doing if you do have a lost pet and you um just remember it for future reference okay <laughs> good to know definitely good advice I hope I help somebody's cat come home. We're an educational podcast now. <laughs> yeah, we've been educational for a long time, you know. Edutainment. <laughs> also, spay and neuter your pets and don't keep the hamsters together. Jesus Christ, yes. Mm. <laughs> Separate the hamsters, people. Mm. Yep. They'll kill each other. They're very territorial. <laughs> so, yeah, Marianne is still looking. Um, Jamie Newton wants to... Go, she's mining Jamie Newton the next day and he mm -hmm. wants to go around and look and she's kind of starting to give up hope I think mm -hmm. uh, or she's like well we've already kind of looked everywhere but um, they go out with the Perkins kids and they keep looking um, but she's yeah just feeling kind of burned out on the whole thing she described herself as feeling kind of disgusted um, by continuing to search which is a odd choice of words she's also afraid that they'll find him dead yeah. um which they don't but what they do find <gasps> is a threatening letter dun, dun, dun. uh so she gets a ransom note in the mailbox uh that says if you want to see your cat alive again leave a hundred dollars in an envelope on the big rock in brennerfield at 4 p.m tomorrow afternoon with a picture of Tigger taped to the bottom, cut out from one of their posters. It's so convincing. Mm. Yes, <laughs> tremendously convincing. And yeah, so Marianne's reaction is, oh my God, okay, well, we have to respond to this initially. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, when she takes it to the Babysitter's Club, um, they're like, okay, right, let's let's think through this, okay? <laughs> I also like when they were, sorry, before that they get to that stage, they're like, she's like, how am I going to get $100? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, we have the 30 um, but then there's 70, you know, maybe I could use the $30 reward money and borrow $70 from dad. He must have $70 in the bank. <laughs> so I checked the inflation rates. It's 140 bucks. Yeah, he probably does. Considering yes. he runs a law firm. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he has $140. Yeah. It was like, actually, your dad would also probably be like, no, wait a second. No, this is, this is not what a real ransom note <laughs> yeah. would look like. If you no, did exactly. actually ask him. Also, yeah, actually, yeah, he runs a law firm. Well, in, like, does it is that book canon or Netflix canon? It is um it's book canon, okay. yeah. Yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. He runs a law firm and I get the impression that he and Marianne don't live a very high spending sort of a life. I reckon she's good for the seventy books, yeah. What's he doing with all that? It's all tied up in investments. Oh he has invested it so sensibly his portfolio would make you weep. <laughs> but I hope that he yes, I do hope that he does have seventy dollars in the bank. Yes. Um but we're never gonna find out because somebody vetoes going to her dad instantly. I can't remember who it was. Was it Christy? Yes, they're like, No, no adults. <laughs> so they would just give us sensible advice and then there would be no drama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that, like, she calls Logan sobbing and saying, Tigger's been kidnapped and there's a ransom note. And Logan's like, what? <laughs> and she's annoyed because his what isn't, like, caps lock and italic and multiple question marks. Yeah. But she's right. Uh, that's the, that's the, his what is the what of, sorry, I wasn't really listening to you, what? Yeah. As opposed to, but then, 
she's much more gratified when she calls Christy and Christy gives her the caps lock yes, reaction yeah. she's been hoping Specifically for. Because the these girls <laughs> love <laughs> that drama. Oh yeah, I mean, it literally says in this, Christy loves emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not the only one. She's got quite good, um, she's got quite good at des- describing things the way they are. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, Logan is very useful in this scenario. He just... He's just unsatisfying in terms of his... Like, <laughs> yes. I don't see Logan and Marianne, like, having a long-term future, <laughs> I think. I think in the end, she's she needs somebody with... Well, like, except for the fact that they're caught in an endless time bubble and they're going to be 13 for, like, 20 years. Yeah, but they break <laughs> up anyway. Like, apart from that. <laughs> that's true. Um... That I'm pretty sure that we have we have a, a, a breakup in the future because like they just they just have different goals in terms of drama. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, no, he's quite useful here. He is, yes. Um, so yeah, they're all they have another meeting at Claudia's house, um, and it's a, because it's a real emergency. They even allow Logan there, so <laughs> things are a bit awkward. Um, as Marianne says, we worry about things such as what if Logan sits on something lumpy and it turns out to be some of Claudia's underwear? Or what if someone says bra <laughs> or starts to tell a story about a girl we know who might be going out with a friend of Logan's? <laughs> Not that Christy lets much of that go on during meetings, but it does happen from time to time. <laughs> Logan, I mean, I would accuse her of exaggerating, but they literally did all nearly die of shame because someone nearly said bra, so... <laughs> brass strap what's more like i know they weren't even talking about the whole bra just the tiny bit you could see anyway specific pieces of bra construction those hussies <laughs> so then marianne starts crying and logan does not hug her so the girls kind of passive aggressively hug her instead <laughs> Uh, my tears started to fall again and I glanced hopefully at Logan but he was staring off into space <laughs> this is this is that whole um, binary that you get in men are from Mars women are from Venus where it's like women just want to vent but men want to solve their problems it was like this is a good description of two random groups of people that don't necessarily map onto men and women TM. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's quite useful for that. It's also the only thing in that book. It's the only idea that is present <laughs> in that book. Um, and it could have been summed up much faster. But um, yes, uh, Marianne, Marianne needs emotional support. And Logan wants to go and, like, problem solve. Uh, yes, Logan wants to bust some heads. Um, and, and, he, and he actually does. <laughs> in a very entertaining manner um yeah yeah so what's the next um oh hang on we we do have a little interlude mm-hmm. between marianne and logan that i actually really appreciated mm-hmm. um so marianne is con- continuing to freak out and logan whispers um would you calm down you're being so sensitive you're acting like such a girl oh um, yes. yeah mm. and she's like well there's nothing wrong with being sensitive and i am a girl which like yeah yeah fuck you logan <laughs> Yes. It's like, oh, I, would, would you rather date a boy? Because I won't judge you for that, but really we should break up if that's the case. <laughs> yes, because like, I, I, I don't have what you need in that case. You kissed a girl? That's so gay! <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that she will actually tell him to fuck off mm-hmm. on occasion. Um, it's good. You know, she's yeah. such a doormat, I kind of didn't expect that. And it's it's like, it's so unworthy of him. He's generally quite decent as... Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's normally much nicer than this. And like... 
there is there's quite a lot of toxic masculinity in these books like yeah there and it really is very often unquestioned so yeah he's quite good at things like um like he maybe fe- feels a little bit awkward around the bra talk and stuff um but he's generally very supportive and very sort of um he's willing to be seen by other men consorting with women which yes. is a f- yeah. sort of a fairly positive thing at the age of 13 yeah um, and like all the babysitting uh, yeah yeah and he's totally like oh yeah no this is just a thing that like real men do what what's the problem yeah um yeah. so that 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 all is quite good but yeah so it's kind of disappointing to see him lash out in the oh you're being such a girl wait and yeah. it's good that she calls him on it because yes, uh, they sure yes. don't when it's nikki pike being a like eight-year-old douche <laughs> like, oh he's know, just right? going through his misogyny phase it's fine <laughs> logan you're not allowed to have a misogyny phase uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he was eight, it would be fine. Maybe that's when the misogyny phase happens. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you're you're expected to grow out of it yes. in Stony Brook. Yeah. Unless you're Alan Gray, in which case you're just hopeless and nobody bothers trying yeah. to educate you. <laughs> okay. But yeah, maybe things were different in Kentucky. Logan is trying to get away with uh, his non-Stony Brook misogyny, but yeah, Marianne is having none of it. Mm-hmm. It's just good for her. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes, good for her. Um, he does make some useful points, such as they're going to beat up the guy who took Tigger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Sometimes you just need a bit of violence. <laughs> also, the, clearly the ransom note is from a kid because it's in like kid handwriting and $100 <laughs> is really not that much of a ransom for an adult to ask for. <laughs> Which is, yes, it's a really important point because it reframes the whole situation um, as something that they absolutely can and should deal with by themselves. Yes. Yes. Which it is. This is not, in fact, a terrifying <laughs> crime syndicate. <laughs> That's in one of the mystery books. Ooh, I look it? forward. <laughs> yes, there's a crime syndicate stealing dogs, I think. Oh, That's I remember that. Amazing. Can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, this ain't that. One of the Mancusi dogs gets nicked. <gasps> so yes, they come up with a plan, which is just hilariously so out of movies. <laughs> I love it. It's it's textbook. It's noir. Marianne is going to leave an envelope full of fake money. <laughs> Um, which Marianne gets very bogged down on. Why does it have to be fake money? Why can't it be pieces of newspaper? And Logan is like, this is not the point I'm trying to make here. <laughs> and if everybody yells at Marianne to stop giving out about the, the money, like, we'll, yes. we'll work out the details later. And she's like, no, this is important. Okay, guys. Actually, yes, they have money? to exactly gauge how much paper to put in the envelope so that it doesn't look unrealistically overstuffed. The entire thing <laughs> like, reminded me of trying to plan something in D&D and like <laughs> someone is just suddenly getting bogged down in the smallest detail and you're like, you know, if you didn't even mention this detail, if you just didn't say anything about this detail, the GM would assume we did it right. <laughs> but now you're making a fuss about it. We're going to have to probably fucking roll for it or say exactly what we did and be clever, damn you. <laughs> that's not what we came to D&D for no I play D&D to be a dumbass that's why I play wild magic sorcerer <laughs> oh. so yeah the plan is they're going to leave the decoy money on the rock uh, the rest of them are going to stake out the field because they fucking love the drama oh, yeah. um, and then the kidnapper will turn up and they will like bust this case wide open uh, Marianne going home feels very excited to pull off this heist but then feels guilty for being excited about it um <laughs> sounds about right yeah it's a brief mm-hmm. moment of self-awareness about how much these kids love the drama but <laughs> oh well <laughs> drama it is we then have dawn babysitting the barretts who have somehow found out 
about the alleged mm. kidnapping going on. So they tried to like confine their dog to a box in case he gets uh, kidnapped. <laughs> they built him a special protective box. Yes. Yes. Uh, a nap proof box. So Dawn manages to get out of Buddy. How Buddy found out about the um, the kidnapping and there is a lengthy chain of kid gossip which is really interesting to see actually that, yeah. like, yes. that the kid gossip network in Stony Brook is as good at least as the grown up one so um, oh, yeah. they should just bear that in mind in future that the um, like all the under eights talk to each other a lot about things um, and the yes. message is absolutely likely to get garbled so oh yeah uh, they need to leverage these connections with the local community <laughs> but also like that's true. If your kid plays with other kids, they will tell them things, things that you don't really want them to, and those other kids will tell their parents the things. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Stony Brook, so the parents probably already know whatever the things are. That's that's very, true. Because they were true. there while the things were taking place. <laughs> <laughs> that's extremely true. I'm, I'm just saying. So, yes. There's babysitting, um... The Barrett mom has, like, got her act together. She gave Dawn lots of specific information, like, who's allowed to have snacks and what time everyone's bedtime is, mm-hmm. and that Buddy Very Barrett specific. is allowed to watch Dragon Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's uh, she's turned her life around. Yeah. She's still running late, but, you know. Mm. Yeah. That's not Dawn's problem. No. Exactly. And then there's a thunderstorm, so Dawn panics because she's afraid that pet nappers will break in to steal the dog uh so she calls marianne and they talk about logan and how he's being a pain mm. but then they have to hang up because marianne's afraid they'll get electrocuted i know by lightning that comes up a couple of times in babysitters club books where they're afraid to talk on the phone because of um electric uh, so electrical storm one time uh during a lightning storm lightning somehow came down the telephone wire through the the the, the connector mm-hmm. into our computer and fried the modem. Jesus. So, I knew you weren't allowed to use a computer in a thunderstorm. Apparently it's because electricity can hurt your modem. <laughs> I think. Weather can hurt your modem. I don't know. It did. It happened. And I was just like, no internet for like a week until dad got some fella from work who's good with computers to put a new one in. <laughs> okay. Well, we've learned something else today. Wow. I mean, I don't think that's really relevant for anyone. I mean, hands I... up who uses their the the, mo- the, the built-in uh, 28.8 kilobit per second modem in their computer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a point. <laughs> Is the noise. If you have to time travel back to the 90s, don't use your internet in a thunderstorm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I presume that it's the same phenomenon that they're describing here where you shouldn't talk on the phone. I, guess, yeah. I had yeah. heard that. Um, yeah. But I think even by the time we were kids, that was not that big of a thing anymore. I've certainly never been told to not be on the phone during a storm. So, yeah. It does seem very much like the kind of thing Marianne would worry about. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yes. Implausible lightning scenarios. <laughs> if it can fry your modem, I mean, what can't it do? Alright, she's not being as ridiculous as I thought she was. Yeah, still pretty. It still just sounds very quaint. It really does. Anyway, the next day, she goes to school. They... They don't talk about any of this business at school in case they're overheard by their enemies. <laughs> um, Marianne has prepared an envelope with a 
precisely calibrated amount of monopoly money inside she's very much embraced this as her job the envelope is her job and as soon as she runs home she checks on the envelope to see if it's still there and it it is (laughs) yes because what the hell could have possibly happened it's an envelope full of monopoly money her dad wasn't gonna move it or take it yes mariana threw away your envelope (laughs) <laughs> because I am the father of the household and I shall do as I please. No. It was frivolous. Yes. <laughs> we didn't need this Monopoly money. I put it back I in the Monopoly I was worried you set. might have been spending it on drugs because I don't know what teenagers do. I hear they're using Monopoly money as currency these days. What won't these do? Rolling it up do? to snort fake cocaine through. <laughs> it's pixie sticks. <laughs> Oh god, that would hurt. I'm pretty sure I knew people who tried that. <laughs> I definitely knew people who snorted pixie sticks. <laughs> I think you get fizzy snot is what happens. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, it, it does you no good. It just makes you feel, like, tough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone needs to feel tougher, it is Marianne. <laughs> so maybe she should just do it for the cred. Maybe that's what her dad thinks she's going to do. She'll take this monopoly money and snort pixie sticks. Oh no. No child of mine will snort pixie sticks under my roof. I hope that the Netflix adaptation deals with this hard-hitting issue. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so yes, uh, they 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 launched their sting operation anyway. Yes, they all. Marianne goes home um, observing her usual routine in case she's being observed. Uh, collects the envelope, takes it out, um, leaves it at the rock goes home then sneaks back to the field by a different route um to join the stakeout uh for half an hour nobody turns up and they're worried that the whole thing was a prank and christy immediately is like yeah maybe sam did this whole thing (laughs) (laughs) oh no but then here comes little asshole kid Mm -hmm. yeah i i spotted asshole kid coming i have to say yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Asshole kid uh, turns up. They all like pounce on him. They surround him. <laughs> they surround him. Yeah. <laughs> he claims that he doesn't know what they're talking about and who Tigger is. And Marianne is like, "You mean you can't remember those posters you watched me put up?" <laughs> Christy standing next to me was smiling. I can imagine her saying, "Way to go, Marianne." It is very sad that Marianne has to imagine Christy saying validating things to her. <laughs> <laughs> rather than Christy just actually saying them. I think Christy is allowing Marianne to just do her thing right now without interference. Oh yeah. And Marianne is in flying form and I love it. Mm-hmm. She absolutely is. Um, so is Logan also. He um, <laughs> steals the money off the kid, uh, the, the Monopoly money, and is like, if you give us Tigger, I'll give you your money back. Uh, and then Christy like, menacingly reminds the boy that he's outnumbered seven to one. <laughs> And Jesse's like, we can wait around all afternoon. <laughs> Eventually he gives up and is like, um, yeah, admits he was just trying to scam them. And yes, Marianne is like, you little... <gasps> Dawn put her hand on my arm. I knew she meant, don't let him know he got to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a kid's book, Marianne. You can't say that He's word. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. You can't swear. Don't demean yourself. <laughs> And then Marianne is like, what a stupid thing to do. It didn't work, did it? You got caught and now you look like a fool. Whoa, said Christy under her breath. (laughs) This is a new side to Marianne. Fool is hands down the rudest word Marianne has ever come out and used. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Language. 
then it gets even more amazing mm-hmm. because Logan has clearly watched a lot of cop shows yes. this yes. time. I love this. This is amazing. So Logan tells him that um, sending phony ransom notes for kittens you didn't kidnap <laughs> is a felony. And in the state of Connecticut, it's punishable by 25 to 50 years in the slammer. <laughs> We can make a citizen's arrest, Logan went on. He looked around at us and we nodded as if to say, the seven of us are in agreement on everything. (laughs) Are you going to? Asked the boy. Arrest me, I mean? Logan looked at us girls, then just at me. I shook my head. Nope, he's not worth it. (laughs) This is fucking amazing. And I love it. It is. And then Claudia does the, like, guy from CSI thing. She's like, well, it just goes to show. Crime really doesn't pay. And then she put on sunglasses. Definitely. Oh, for sure. I want to see this on Netflix. Like, more than life itself. Like, with all of the dramatic camera angles and moody filters and stuff that you yes. get in a cop show. Because yes, I, I want full genre parody. I think if I were 11 and reading this, I would have taken it super seriously. Oh, yeah. And this is like, this is gritty. Yeah. This is edgy. They're busting perps. <laughs> and then as, as, as a grown fucking adult rapidly approaching 40 it's the funniest fucking thing because they're all tiny children <laughs> and they're trying so hard particularly Jesse being like we can wait all afternoon no. while we, definitely wearing like a ballet yeah, t-shirt we can something. wait all afternoon but we have to be home for dinner at 6.30 <laughs> Like, that's what that is. I will keep you here until four. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It is adorable. This is, yeah, I think this is one of the best scenes we've seen in the series. I think so. so. It's just, and you know, like, Anna Martin was just sitting there going, like, I really don't have it in me to write a cop show or a thriller or a crime novel or a detective novel. I know I don't really, that's not my, my strong suit. But... So I'm going to just put all of the, like, <laughs> gosh, if I ever wrote that kind of novel, that's all going into this chapter with the 13-year-olds. <laughs> and it's so good. Yes. Oh. Asshole Kid is, like, partially convinced. He's like, is that, is it really a felony? And he eventually, like, kind of fucks off when, when he realizes <laughs> yeah. he's not getting 100 quid. Um and uh, they're... they're basically like, don't let us see you around here again, kid. <laughs> like, well, I live in Stony Brook, so and my, my parents may ring you to look for babysitters, so I can't control that. But... <laughs> um, you may have to see Asshole Kid again at some point in the future. I don't think we do, though. I think he's he's a nameless no. peon. <laughs> One episode villain, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was fucking delightful mm-hmm. next chapter oh yeah they still haven't found tigger uh mm-hmm. that whole thing is still a problem um claudia writes in the notebook that she thinks he might be dead um yes which is pretty fucking dark but mariana's like yes that's what i was thinking too i thought he might be dead as well yeah so claudia is minding the i knew where he was by now i figured it out <laughs> reading the book but yeah well aren't you fancy look Honestly, honestly, I so rarely figure out the plot of anything. And I know this book was aimed at like tweens, but I'm still proud that I was like, ah, I see where he is. Like very early on. I had definitely not figured it out at all at this point. Well, I still thought he was stuck behind the fridge. I thought this was going to be a parallel plot. You had like alternate theory. 
Which there was fun. going to be Carrie had picked up a kitten. Ah. Right. So I assumed it was gonna be, yeah, Logan's sister and his poor yeah. allergic brother was dying because there was a cat in the house. But I thought it was gonna be something similar to this. Yeah. And that maybe it would it would trigger Marianne's like memory and make her go and look behind the fridge and find him. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I that's that fair. that was the the thought process I thought was gonna go into this. Knowing these other books, that was something else that could have happened. I was like I was like, okay, hundred allergic, this is a lot to spend a babysitting chapter on. And it makes a point of saying that Carrie goes into her room for mysterious purposes. Yes. Why would it even mention the oh she's got the cat, okay. <laughs> that that was my yeah. take on it. That explains everything. <laughs> yeah, I could I, I could tell she was obviously up to something, but I did not piece it together. That's fair. I normally piece nothing together. That's why I'm so proud of this. <laughs> Congratulations. Well done. You win at this book. I read a lot of crime and I think um, I was applying crime logic to this, which is where you, a crime novel is sort of contractually obliged to give you the clues to solve it. Yeah. Um, but some of them are far more complex than others. Yeah. Uh, and so I wasn't sure if this was one where it would be tur- like, yeah, the cat is exactly where you think it is. Or the cat is red herring. And it's the cat is somewhere is there's actually the original cat is in a different place than where you thought it was. There Um, has been no crime whatsoever. (laughs) Nobody is murdered. Yes. It was all a horrifying accident that looked like a murder. Uh, No, there was also no murders because this is a babysitter's club book. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the book. (laughs) We, I mean, we at least got like a dramatic denouement where they menace a perp. So that was something. (laughs) Yeah, a 10 year old perp. That was extremely satisfying, though. So, Claudia's minding the Perkins kids and enjoying their, like, theatrical Mm behaviour. They're singing Christmas songs Mm. and Elvis Presley songs, which Claudia's very impressed by because for years she thought the guy was called Elbow Presley. I highlighted that. Which is just sad, because the man hasn't even been dead for that long at this point. It's like, also, they don't sound that much alike. Not really. Uh, Oh, yes, then the girls are playing Hawaii Five-0, or they're playing non-copyright violating Hawaii Five-0. <laughs> they're being Hawaiian TV detectives because there's a lot of detectives in Hawaii and they wear Hawaiian shirts and sunglasses. Yeah, I, yes. I loved that Um, uh, one of them's like, why Hawaii? And it was like, there's just lots of private detectives in Hawaii, okay? That's just yeah. where they are. I don't think it's just Hawaii Five-0. I think there might be like other shows that were also set there. Was Magnum P.I.? I, I don't know where it was set, but he sure wore Hawaiian shirts on that. They're picking up on something anyway. I guess it was just like tropical detectives were a thing. I do have to completely irrelevantly say that one of my sisters, when she was small, confessed that she was in love with Magnum Pie. Oh, <laughs> just just the cutest eighties thing ever. <laughs> I know. I suspect what they're doing is conflating um, detective shows and shows that are um, cop adjacent and set okay. in locations where you might be found in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yes. Almost definitely. <laughs> um yeah, it's just eighties TV. Um what about uh Night Rider? Where's that set? <laughs> yeah. Or Night Boat, as I have to remind myself it's not actually called. <laughs> the crime solving boat. <laughs> it would be pretty awesome if the kids had a talking car. <laughs> yeah. Um but yes, Claudia is sort of wistfully noting that like they're still trying to, they're still playing search for Tigger, but they're not really searching for Tigger. They're just kind of pretending to search for Tigger because everyone's kind of giving up on Tigger. Um, and she thinks that it's very sad. 
and she's not familiar with death, and no one she's close to has ever died. And Mimi got very sick, but now she's fine. Um, we're not going to uh, talk about that. We're not going to talk about Mimi. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, everyone's basically given up on Tigger. Uh, but Marianne has to babysit the Bruno kids again, and Hunter's sneezing some more. Mm-hmm. In fact, his allergies have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Mm. This was the point when I figured it out. <laughs> um so he's getting worse and worse and worse and marianne is like scrubbing off her perfume and trying to figure out what could be setting him off and eventually they go look in carrie's room because carrie has conveniently absented the building for a (laughs) dentist appointment with logan or something yes which hunter wasn't didn't go to because he was so allergic he might sneeze and bite the dentist's hand (laughs) which is very contrived but whatever. Anyway, yes, they have a solution, thankfully. Yes, it turns out the allergens are coming from inside the house because <laughs> Carrie's keeping a kitten in the wardrobe and the kitten is Tigger. Um, so Marianne then has to put him back in the box in the wardrobe, which is a bit harsh. <laughs> I don't think I would have done that. I think, no. yeah. Well, Hunter's there, like, what do you do? Yeah, oh yeah, I oh, suppose. Oh, that's true, yeah. yes. He will die if she takes him downstairs. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she, when the Brunos get home, um, Marianne has to tell Mrs. Bruno what's been going on. And um, she's very freaked out because she thinks that maybe Logan was in on this the whole time. Mm. Uh, and she's like gauging his reaction to see, is he surprised that this happened at all? Or is he just surprised that Tigger was found? Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> Yeah, she's very paranoid at this point. Yeah. I mean, from what we get, it sounds like Logan is like, what? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> he sounds genuinely quite surprised by the yeah. whole thing. As why wouldn't he be? Because he was, in fact, not in on this whole thing all mm-hmm. along. Spoiler. I think he's he's not hugely surprised that Carrie was up to something. Yeah. But yeah. That the fact that he she had kidnapped his girlfriend's cat and was <laughs> holding him prisoner in her room. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, Marianne has, I, I guess she's just like got too into the drama mm-hmm. and she's decided that maybe he was behind this whole thing all along and that uh, she she's extrapolated from he, him being a bit crabby to he's a kitten napping mastermind. Yeah. Uh, who's been playing both sides of this whole thing, uh, which possibly also goes all the way to the top. <laughs> and, yeah, Almost how definitely. paranoid she's got. <laughs> definitely goes all the way to the top. Oh yes, and then Carrie passive aggressively says that she found Tigger uh playing outdoors and that Marianne was obviously not taking good care of him so she'd take him home. Um mm. which does not endear anyone to Carrie, I don't think. No, no, I don't like Carrie at all based on this book. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's a meddler. Um so they like we discover that Carrie initially or allegedly she says she didn't know Tigger belonged to Marianne. Yeah. She just thought yeah. he was a stray. But then later on she found the posters and things and knew that someone was looking for Tigger and she was like yeah but he he wouldn't have been playing out in the road if she had been taking care of him properly so she rationalizes it that way yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so it's it's a bit more of an excuse really than a oh very um, much so a legit judgment but i wouldn't be surprised if marianne's strong emotional reaction was partly to do with that like 
fair. Yeah, I think it was a miscalculation on Carrie's part to say that to Marianne's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Sorry I stole your kitten, but I decided you're a bad pet owner, so. Why not just pretend you had no knowledge of the whole thing? Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't look at a single lamppost ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or in the mail or anywhere, anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. I just don't pay attention to these things. Or like, yeah. since I got the cat, I barely got outside. So I didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> What about going to school? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Christy specifically said not a single person in the neighborhood could be left unaware of this situation. <laughs> and damn it, she meant it. Yep. <laughs> so yes, the, the next day, Marianne, um, Marianne has told everybody about the, about Tigger turning up, but has not told them that she thinks Logan was complicit. Um, so she asks if they can talk and he's like, yeah, not now. I have baseball practice. Uh, it's just pretty dickish to be honest I'm really losing patience with him at this point Mm -hmm. but he comes over uh, Marianne like pulls out all the stops she gets chilled soft drinks with ice cubes and puts them on a nice tray and brings out some cookies and napkins (laughs) because even though she thinks he stole her pet she also doesn't want them to break up Um, I don't quite understand her thought process there. I think she's she's scene setting she's kind of taking control of the whole situation um yeah and possibly softening him up for whatever is about to happen and he immediately spots that he's like what's this and she was like oh it's obviously it's soda and cookies come on um but he's like no what what are you planning like <laughs> I'm just I'm just reminded of my friend who has the breakup cafe okay <laughs> yeah sorry just to clarify the cafe that she takes people to when she wants to break up with them not that she owns a cafe that's specifically designed for people to break up in which is potentially a good business model or maybe not i don't know no, maybe not i think people are quite likely to, to like, accidentally that. walk out in their bills because they're very stressed and upset <laughs> there's that's that as well well look if you're the person who brought someone there to break up with them you are responsible for the bill no i think that's fair but also like you probably don't get tons of repeat business other than when one of those people has to break up with someone again i don't know my friend broke up with a whole bunch of people at this cafe yeah this was this was a go-to place for several years that's fair it's fair it it isn't it is no longer in business so actually you may have a point eva sorry (laughs) well i mean i assumed that the other patrons of this cafe were using it for other purposes (laughs) and maybe repeat visits that weren't like serious emotional moments in their lives <laughs> yes i mean part of her rationale for using it was that it was near her bus stop so that was fairly specific to her, <laughs> right. but it also had nice fast service <laughs> that's really the, the only two requirements yeah <laughs> i think also she didn't want <laughs> she didn't want to ruin lots of different cafes with yeah. breakup memories so she just had one designated place one burner cafe. but then she realized um that uh she had she had told a guy about this as kind of a funny anecdote and then she arranged to meet him there and he was like oh wait hang on (laughs) (laughs) she was like oh whoops (laughs) that's hilarious it's true though yes (laughs) anyway that cafe is is no longer there so we can (laughs) we can move on yeah um so marianne is is not necessarily planning to break up with Logan, but she's setting the scene, I think. Yeah. No, she specifically wants to like get them back together. 
I think she wants to establish that he didn't nefariously yeah. allow his sister to continue kidnapping her kitten. I, yes. Yeah, I think the last time she was like, oh no, he's been doing the thing. And now she's like, I, I really want him not to have been doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please. Uh, he's quite offended yes. uh, <laughs> when she asks him this, which is fair enough. Mm. Um, and yes, he finally comes clean and says that he's cranky because the baseball coach doesn't like him and is going to kick him off the team and apologizes for being cranky with her. And she apologizes for accusing him of pet kidnapping, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, apologies all around. It's quite, it's quite good. Yeah. Um, like it's quite a good scene. He's like, instead of getting huffy, he explains what the actual problem is. Um, yeah, and like yeah, so it's because he he was the star player on his previous team, and now the coach expects a lot from him, and is basically like you're not as good as you were advertised as, and that's very stressful for everybody. Um, and then uh, yeah, so she has equally good reasons for like wondering what the hell is going on in his head. Yeah, yeah like so yeah, it's good. It's good that they just sit down and um, talk this whole thing through. Nice little. Look into like yeah. communication is how relationships keep going. There, mm-hmm. really, yes. Life skills. Mm-hmm. I tell people what's going on. So many kids' books rely on this narrative device of we don't tell each other. Actually, adult books as well. Yeah. But in, there's a yeah. particular kid variant where it's like um, the kid knows something and is not allowed to tell the adults because the adults are telling them to be quiet because mm-hmm. they're talking or something like that. And that that I find really really frustrating. Um, I. I know we have to have reasons to keep the story going, but like, come up with a good one. Like, like in Lost, like Lost would have been over in two seasons if everyone had just sat down and shared what they knew. <laughs> I hear that what they knew all added up to like absolute nonsense. Anyway, yeah, I think it was unfairly maligned in the end, but there was a lot of artificially stretching things out by like everyone knew like five percent of what was going on, ah. and nobody ever swapped information. <laughs> It was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Ah. But yeah, Marianne and Logan have learned, at least temporarily, the value of communication. And yes, then we get our hilarious line from Marianne. Oh, yes. Um, where, yeah, so Logan kind of, like, sadly says, are the neighbours watching us? Because presumably he's going to, like, kiss her or something. Yeah. Uh, and she says, probably. That's the purpose of this outdoor arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean... Yes, that is that precisely is. the purpose of it. Hundred percent. I have the it tagged with the note "company keeping of a serious nature." <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard um, trying to company keep of a serious nature when when you're thirteen. No, when half of Bradford Court has got their binoculars out. No real cooing for those lads. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. At least she knows she's being cock blocked. Yeah. <laughs> She sounds pretty resigned to it. Like, but also, she does. Like, I'm pretty sure if Logan kissed her, like the neighbors would be like, "That's fine," because it's it's a babysitters club book. It's it's not going to be like we're just not, not going to be tongue. Yeah, it's only cheek kisses fine. so far. Yes, <laughs> but no, even that cannot be done in front of the neighbors. Mm. Plus, well, because you know they'd all rat it, rat her out, Mister Spear. They actually would probably, and yeah, I mean. I think in practice, it's more the small kids hovering around at all times that are the, like... That's true. That'd be a real buzzkill. <laughs> don't want Jamie Newton popping up yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> hi, hi. Marianne, what were you and Logan doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's a boyfriend? 
Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, that's that's the story. It wraps up. They have a final meeting. Marianne brings Tigger with her because, of course, she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie Bruno has been rewarded for her terrible behavior by getting a hairless pet from the pet shop. <laughs> like, oh, yes, we think you can have a turtle or a goldfish or something. You've clearly proven that you're responsible. Like, mm. Mm. yes, theft is such a responsible thing. You've proven that you're <laughs> able to keep a pet alive, sure. Mm-hmm. But you nearly killed your brother. Yeah. And <laughs> you stole someone else's pet and then doubled down on it when you realized what you'd done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, they don't they don't look into that too closely. The fact that Kerry may be a psychopath is something that they're like, we should just move on from this. And yeah. Maybe the Netflix show will dig into it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're we're expecting a lot of the Netflix show at this point. I, I'm not sure it can deliver. I know. I'm not sure it necessarily wants to deliver. Fair. <laughs> but it's fun to dream. Uh, so yeah, everyone's fine. Um, Marianne overprotects the kitten and says that he's not going to be allowed to date until he's 16 yeah. and he's not allowed to get piercings <laughs> or a driver's license. <laughs> oh. uh, Marianne is, again, refreshingly self-aware here. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and that's our book. Yeah, it's... um. It's just a single plot, as are many of these kind of latter day books. Which yeah, I kind of like. I think there was um, the more complex plotting in the early ones was good, but then they really lost the threads and started being just bad. Mm-hmm. And then when they simplified the plots down, they became a lot better. Mm. Yeah, they're more focused. Although I, I, I kind of liked having you know a sort of thematically relevant b plot but i i did too but like i understand that that just wasn't something that could be kept up instead we've got the a plot and some irrelevant babysitting chapters Mm. yeah i'm all right with that we have no fashion there's like no no the only outfit is a hypothetical claudia example is that hypothetical or is it real because i was like that is crazy (laughs) can we can we actually go into that though because it's amazing sure yeah so this is when she's at the till in the pet shop mm. thinking hard about everyone. She's describing Claudia. Is it a hypothetical? Because I thought that was like, oh, last week she wore blah. But if she's just coming no. up with this, then oh, Marianne. Oh, oh, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. I mean, I'm sure Marianne is like not far off. This is certainly something Claudia could wear. Yeah, we have. It's her clothes that amaze me, though. I think they amaze everyone. Claude mixes and matches the weirdest stuff and comes up with the coolest outfits, like a loose blouse with a fake coat of arms on it, worn over a very short black skirt, around her waist a scarf, on her feet short black boots, dangling from her ears dinosaurs, and her hair might be piled on top of her head and held in place with hairpins that look like seahorses. She combines all this stuff and she looks fantastic. So, I assumed that she was describing a real outfit um so it was like it's it's a dinosaur heraldry seahorse outfit um, <laughs> it's just it's just got too many different things going on i don't think we've ever seen her actually wear that many mixtures of Claude's stuff normally more themed mm. yeah so maybe this is just marianne doing a bad job of describing a typical claudia outfit i think so yeah it's like marianne was presented with claudia's closet and been told to assemble an outfit in two minutes and like had picked a whole bunch of unrelated things. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia would be she like, doesn't know how you pair these things. Yeah, no. I have a lot of questions about the shirt with the fake coat of arms. I actually can't envision it. Yeah, like is it a patch on the lapel yeah. or is it like 
printed on the back? Is it? Yeah. Is is there a brand that does that? Like that has a stylized logo that looks like a coat of arms. A coat of arms. I don't know. I I I just don't know what the fuck Marianne is envisioning Claudia wearing. No. Yeah. She's Marianne is out of her depth. She is. She is. She <laughs> absolutely is. is. <laughs> reasonable frankly <laughs> so yeah that's literally the only fashion we get which is disappointing mm-hmm. um karen is everyone terrible in this no asshole kid is terrible carrie is terrible the mancusis are terrible yeah the mancusis need to neuter their pets um marianne and logan both uh their relationship difficulties both seem to come from pretty realistic places yeah um and i think the way they sort them out is actually very mature for 13 year old yeah i think they're they have flaws yeah in this Um, but they're not terrible carrie is terrible i'm a little concerned about carrie yeah um if i was logan i would be concerned about carrie (laughs) yes but logan is clearly going to be obsessed with this whole baseball thing for some time now so uh we may not like have any resolution to the whole Kerry subplot. <laughs> I hope the Brunos are on top of it, that's all. Um, yeah, other than that, people are not terrible. Yeah, no, people are surprisingly non terrible in this one. Um, and we had a ton of life lessons, which yeah. we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. This was like, uh, this was the most life lessons we've gotten in a while, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one other life lesson when uh, Marianne was first babysitting Jamie. When you're taking a four year old out of the house, don't frame the visit to the loo before you go as the fucking option. Yes. <laughs> you have to go. To be like, we're going now, time to go to the toilet. As opposed to, <laughs> do, do you want to? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, just, just go in there and stand for a yeah. minute if you yeah. have to. <laughs> you have a bladder the size of a walnut anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a brain. No, wait, sorry. Just go to the toilet. <laughs> this is why you don't babysit, Karen. <laughs> yes. I have to take that stance with myself. I'm like, no, Aoife, you're going somewhere. Just go to the bathroom. You will regret it if you don't. <laughs> you know, as yeah. an adult. Don't leave this to your conscious mind. No. Just... <laughs> this must be... This is the step you do. It's like putting your coat on. <laughs> this is the routine. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's all. That's all my notes. Mm. Did you guys have anything else? No. Um, I mean, just petty things. You say just petty things, like petty things aren't the best things. (laughs) Um, Marianne's dad wears aftershave that smells like the dentist's office. (laughs) That is so specific. Um, Yes. Something poor Sharon. (laughs) Oh yes, Marianne's dad and Sharon's mom have... They're back on. This whole thing is back on. They've been going out on dates. They're going out on a hot date to the school for a parent-teacher meeting, which is either... (laughs) Okay, that's either like a terrible date or (laughs) we're so close to getting married, we're going to do this as a joint entity. Yeah. There is no middle ground for... That is not a normal date. (laughs) No. It's quite possible that Dawn and Marianne have taken our parents will both be attending parent teacher night to mean it's a date or maybe it's more like hey we're both attending parent teacher meeting night um do you want me to give you a lift there we can catch get a coffee on the way back it's probably that i mean their kids go to the same school so they do both have to go to the meeting anyway but apparently they've dressed up for it (laughs) i hope he's at least taken her for a nice meal after or something (laughs) I really hope that isn't the whole evening out. But they they 
they are voluntarily going out repeatedly. So yeah. whatever he's doing, it seems to be working. It's good. The trip man has somehow blotted his copybook. Thank God for that. <laughs> Um, we knew he couldn't last. Maybe Sharon noticed he was insufferable. <laughs> Maybe eventually Sharon was like, no, I don't think I can I can date someone who has tortoise shop round glasses. Goodbye. And wears alligator shirts and is called Trip. Yeah. There is a romance novel happening concurrently to all the, the babysitting that details the love triangle between Sharon and Trip and Richard. Um, Absolutely. Which is kind of quite an interesting story in its own yeah. right and Sharon working out her like hang-ups from her upbringing and the fact that she's moved back to Stony Brook to be under the thumb of her parents again so that she can date the guy that they want her to date and she's actually going to break free of that and like now marry the uptight corporate lawyer of her dreams so <laughs> <laughs> this sounds great I would definitely read it okay I wouldn't read it someone else would read it though read it at all but you know I thought, <laughs> I'd read the wiki summary I would read it if it were like cheap and also um <laughs> actively marketed as this is a babysitter's club universe yes oh yes <laughs> we all know this is what's happening right now we just need somebody to clarify why you would ever consider going out with trip <laughs> yes yeah that's the part that doesn't make sense i'm sure richard has many lovely qualities despite his general squareness but like trip has not demonstrated he's anything he's obnoxious. irredeemable yes yeah <laughs> i really love the the adult stuff in the netflix series like yes just it's fun they've cast some great. great people they really did i really hope we get the trip man in the netflix series oh yes that would be great would be <laughs> i can't amazing. wait to see some absolute like pain in the ass <laughs> Um, I was like, how would they update that? And I'm like, they would give him a phone and that would be it. He would yeah. be identical in all other respects. <laughs> they don't need to do yeah. anything. And like, they have already definitely addressed that relationship in far more detail than the books ever did. So. Mm. Ooh, maybe the trip man's really into Bitcoin now. Oh my God. He, he definitely is. Ooh, I hate him. <laughs> um, uh, Mariah Perkins is cute as, as always. Um, yes. And they're singing Christmas songs. Yeah. Uh, and because they're singing Christmas songs, she does a full um, rendition of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Uh, and she has the same, the, like Claudia has the same thought processes about this that I did, where I was like, oh, she knows like the longest, most dramatic, crooniest Christmas song and not Jingle Bells. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so she has to perform that. I don't know. I feel like Mariah would be a lot. In, yeah. the, in the books, they're kind of like, you know, oh, she's so adorable and intelligent. And she is smarter than almost everybody else. But yeah. uh, just <laughs> being required to... I think, Esther, um, if if <laughs> you had been assigned all these babysitting jobs for a child who wanted to musical theatre at you, you would probably have opted out pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, musical theatre specifically would have been a problem for me. <laughs> I would have... Definitely, yeah. I would have been all about babysitting Charlotte Johansson and bonding over beloved children's literature and definitely been trying to weasel out of the musical theatre kid jobs. That's fair. <laughs> Trigger warning for musical theatre. <laughs> they do seem like a lot. And it's never presented as obnoxious, but I can never see how it... Like, they are very sweet kids, but it would still be obnoxious. Like... I don't know. I think their Hawaii Five-O cosplay no, sounds pretty, that's pretty adorable. That's adorable. No, they're frequently adorable, 
But also, some of the stuff they do is just like, no, that would trip tip over for me and do obnoxious. <laughs> I need to stand outside the back door for a couple of minutes now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suddenly have started smoking, so I'm going to go out the back door and smoke. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I need a cup of tea. I'm going to put the kettle on. Have fun with your singing. Mm-hmm. Bye. Can I just put on the TV? Are there any cartoons you want to watch? Yeah. Can we watch some cartoons? Okay, I'm going to put on my cartoons and leave the room. <laughs> Ooh, Daria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear Mrs. Perkins, I'm sorry. I introduced your child to Daria while I was gone. <laughs> it's your problem now. Now she's cynical. And world weary. <laughs> <laughs> she's five. What have you done? Why did you teach her all these songs? You brought this on yourself. She already was into age-inappropriate stuff. It was just, you know, show tunes before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I'm out of ideas about this book. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. I'm just sort of skimming through to find a punchy punchy sign-off line. Oh, wait. I know what our sign-off is. Mm -hmm. Always remember that faking a kitten kidnapping is a felony (laughs) and will incur... 25 to 50 years in the slammer. I, I briefly worked in a recruiter's actually when I finished my master's and I came out of it going, I will never do this again. Like this is, there were just so many petty irritations. I was so annoyed because, um, they let me go at a really, like, they were basically like, okay, look, we really have to go and let you go and please be gone by this afternoon. I was like, damn it, because um, I, I had a plan for when I got fired, which was um, I was going to uh, sabotage their um, <laughs> their answering phone system, which was a really weird old one where it was attached to an actual CD player that was playing away silently next door in the next <laughs> room every day. And when I went into it, I had to turn it on and water the plants at the same time. Uh, put this actual CD in the fucking player and press play. And I was going to like go down to Oxham and pick up like, um, I don't know, Cannibal Corpse or whatever, the the hardest (laughs) CD I could find and just replace it and be like, okay, guys, thank you so much. It's been fun working with you. And let them like have some very confused customers for the next while. Uh, And I didn't get a chance to do it. And I'm so angry. (laughs) 